Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Riffers. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about spellcasting services. Ring. So, Nathan... What are spellcasting services? Yes, services by spellcasters for not spellcasters. Maybe spellcasters if if, if you <laughs> if you're lazy or can't cast a spell. I mean, yeah, pretty much. So the whole idea is that sometimes there just will be spells that the party needs for some reason to be cast that they just can't or don't want to for whatever reason. So, what are the different ways to acquire a spell? I mean, that the party themselves do not have. A spell scroll. That would be one way. Um, a, a, attacking someone and then forcing them to cast you a spell. I, I should have fucking known. All right. Um, I suppose that is theoretically <laughs> correct. Uh, going to a shop and paying someone to do it. Going to a church and paying someone to do it. Yeah, that those all are potential options. So uh, let's actually go the scroll route first, because this is something that pisses me off a lot. So, Nathan, how much do you think a scroll costs? What, what, what level spell? Uh, in general, do you think there's a formula? Do you think it's just a chart? Like, what do you know or think exists? Just for scrolls I'm, I'm hoping it's not the like right. I, I hope it's not like the magical item consumable thing. But yep. uh, if, if it's not, I would say, wait, what? <laughs> well, actually, keep going first. Then I'll then I'll chime in again. Okay, so um, I, I was thinking maybe it would be like something like okay, um, at every okay, you you need to pay a certain amount for each level. Uh, a cantrip would be basically like. The same price as an instant meal. <laughs> or something nice. dumb like that. So like five bucks. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you want to clean your house? Um, that will be $20. Uh, what was that in D&D <laughs> money? Two silver. Yeah, two silver. It's just like, here's your cleaning spell. That's two silver. It's like, oh, thanks. <sighs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But we're not so You sure lucky. do look like you need it. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Again, why the hell do you think I want prestidigitation so much? Because I am a lazy piece of shit. I mean, also Mage Hand. Mage Hand would be glorious for me and my lifestyle of super lazy. Anyway. Super lazy. That's not so my superpower. There are two different answers regarding scrolls specifically. There's one in the Dungeon Master's Guide, and then there's also a separate one in Xanathar's Guide. So. They both suck. 
so the short version is in the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is just half of a normal magic item cost. So a common magic item has a creation cost of 100 gold, which would mean that the minimum for a spell scroll by rules as written in the Dungeon Master's Guide would be 50 gold. So again, using my typical $100 US to a gold, that would be 5,000 US dollars. Minimum. I mean. (laughs) For a cantrip through third level spell. Now, I have to admit, fireball, fireball cast for 50 gold. Okay, that's actually not terrible because $5,000 for that powerful an explosion is probably cheaper than a bomb. But how many can you use? Is there a limit? Not exactly. So that's actually an issue telling with me? spell scrolls. Also, the spell scrolls, as written, right. have a rather significant, stupid downside. Do you remember what it is? What a, a, a tone, a t- attunement? No, worse. What, what uh, exhaustion? Uh... If only. I'll just read this for you. If the spell is on your class's spell list, you can read the, sp- the scroll and cast its spell without providing any material components. Otherwise, the spell is unintelligible. So you can only cast the spell That's if fucking it's on useless. your class. Isn't it? <laughs> How fucking stupid is that? It's useless. So, <laughs> no, no, that, that's literally the, like the moment where you buy, a, buy, a, buy something new and it's like you, you insert the CD into your old-fashioned computer and it's like, this, was, this is not supported. And then you're like, I, I spent $80 <sighs> on this. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's like, learn how to use coding and then there's a coding puzzle to unlock it. It's like, but, 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 but why? But, but I need that. I need that to do the thing. <laughs> like, so oh god, honestly, that is amazing. Spell scrolls as Shit. written are trash. That should just. There is no reason to ever use the fifth edition spell scroll as written. Okay, I shouldn't say never, just because. Maybe there is some very niche scenario where that might happen, but in general, fuck, it's just dumb. Also, both the common and uncommon items, or spell scrolls, I should say, are able to hold up to a third level spell. So something that's strange about that, though, is that except for a tiny difference to the DC or attack bonus, there is no good reason that you shouldn't just use the uncommon version, or sorry, the common version 99 times out of 100 because 50 gold pieces versus 250 gold pieces just for a 2 DC higher? So honestly, this is one of the few times where I'm not even going to bother going through the full chart because it's just that bad. It's just not worth your time. But all that I'll say about it is that it's in the Dungeon Master's Guide downtime section, and it's just a little footnote in crafting magic items, which also, as a reminder, is not necessarily in all games. So many Dungeon Masters don't allow creation of items at all. So that's one thing I should definitely put an asterisk here for, is that definitely talk to your Dungeon Master if you're able to make spell scrolls potentially. But the issue then is that with these prices, why the fuck would anyone be an adventurer if they could just spend their time to make a spell scroll? Because if you can sell a cantrip spell scroll for 50 gold, why would you spend your time doing anything else? It's it's just dumb. You know what they say? Um, you, you, if you want to die, be an adventurer. Everyone's large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to make the large joke. You just beat me to it. <laughs> Okay, but I am just going to mention the last spell <laughs> scroll cost here. So crafting, by the Dungeon Master's Guide rules, a legendary spell scroll would require 250,000 gold. Wow. So that's dumb. I, I, that, that's just yeah, insanity. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I misspoke. 
Fuck. Hate when I do that. Okay. So I mentioned that there's no difference between the uh, common and uncommon. It would appear to be mistaken. I misread the chart. It wasn't minimum spell level. It's minimum caster level. So the person has to be third level to make either of them. That's why I hate the fact that levels is used for both spells and people. So it's an understandable mistake, but I'm still irked at myself. But okay. So common scroll is for cantrips and first level spells, and uncommon are second and third level. Okay, so it's not as dumb as I was afraid of. It's just poorly written. Fair enough. So that's spell scrolls in the Dungeon Master's Guide. There's actually a bit more detail in Xanathar's, like I was mentioning a moment ago. But it's not much better. So instead of a minimum cost of 50 gold, how cheap do you think a cantrip spell scroll is? Uh, for for the Xanathars? From Xanathar. Um, one gold piece? Fifteen! So Yay. again, 1,500 gold... Uh, do, sorry, 1,500 dollars equivalent purchasing power for a cantrip. The thing that takes no effort to be cast. <laughs> can, can you imagine some guys like, okay, so like, we don't have computers here, right? So I'm going to spend that money on a cantrip. It's like you, you can just go down the road and learn it for, for like, like, like a $50 a course fee. And, and then you get a certificate. <laughs> well, actually, <clears throat> fuck, I'm wrong. Well, no. OK, so one thing that I actually also kind of not quite misspoke on, but definitely should clarify these numbers that I'm talking about, the 50 gold as well as the 15, are the creation cost for these items. Buying them by the normal math would be double that, which would mean a minimum cost with the Dungeon Master's rules of 100 gold and then 30 gold to actually purchase a cantrip scroll, which is bullshit. So just to zoom, zoom out to the end of this, though, how much do you think a ninth level scroll by the Xanathar rules costs to make. Mm, a lot, a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, take a guess. If it was less, less than, less than. Yeah, because it was 50 gold for a cantrip before, 15 gold here, 250,000 right. gold for the ninth level before. How much do you think it is now? Five, 5,000. It's exactly the same! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> why? I mean, the difference, though, because... is that, like, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, they just have it sorted by rarity. But the one, only one good thing, well, actually, no, there's two good things. So there's two good things in the Xanathar version. So they do actually give for each level of spell instead of just sorting by rarity. So you don't have to figure that out yourself. So they have cantrip through ninth level, each with their own price, which is progress. The other good thing is that the time is also spelled out because that is something that is not super clear by Dungeon Master rules. I mean, it is 25 gold progress per day but then you'd have to math to actually figure all that out but in xanathar they give you a nice chart you know a cantrip takes a day you know fifth level spell takes four work weeks of you know five work days ninth level spell takes almost a year 48 work weeks so fuck so yeah i have i have issue with all of this and yeah but so by rules as written, that's how scrolls work. So let's just move on for the moment towards the latter half of the episode as well. We'll go into the more homebrew side of things to try to make a more sane version. All right. So that's scrolls. What was the next option that you had mentioned? Uh, beat up a guy and make him cast spells for you. <laughs> okay. So that relies more on combat ability than gold. So we'll skip over that one for the moment. How about the next one? No. Um, go to a merchant that that's selling, uh, not merchant, like a spellcaster that knows this shit. Yeah. So actually hiring a spellcaster. 
So how much information do you think is in the books about just hiring a spellcaster? Uh, Don't tell me it's the skilled hirelings. (laughs) It is in that same section. Uh, Okay, so it's more specific, I hope. Before I actually do read it, I'm just curious. What do you think it actually says? Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I hope it says. I hope it says something along the lines of, "Okay, so um, these are the kinds of okay, not not the kinds. This is how much the services cost based on each level." Um, uh, and they tell you, okay, some spellcasters might not be able to offer some of these, and uh, maybe cantrips might just have a really small fee, depending on how much time you're wasting of the spellcaster, or if they need to go to somewhere. <sighs> if only, if only. Player's Handbook, Spellcasting Services, just below the hireling section. People who are able to cast spells don't fall into the category of ordinary hirelings. It might be possible to find someone willing to cast a spell in exchange for coin or favors, but it's rarely easy and no established pay rates exist. As a rule, the harder, the more yada yada. Why? Why? (laughs) That's my question. I agree. I'm I'm the kind of person that, 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 like, if I can monetize something, I will. I mean, honestly, like, because the, I don't have is, money. They waste more words immediately after that in contradiction to it. Hiring okay. someone to cast a relatively common spell of first or second level, such as cure wounds or identify, is easy enough in a city or town and might cost 10 to 50 gold pieces, plus the cost of any expensive material components. Uh, finding more is hard, yada yada. You know what they say? <laughs> Consistency is uh is, is not essential. <laughs> the D D team. I swear I need to get hired by them as an editor, if nothing else. Yeah, very easy and no established pay rates. And then two sentences later, first or second level is easy enough. So they say two sentences apart, rarely easy, and then easy enough. <laughs> I don't see an issue here. It's, it's all, it sounds perfectly fine. Just so 10 to 50 gold for first or second level. They don't even bother addressing cantrips, which you'd think would be easier. How helpful. (laughs) Now, just to make it that much better slash worse. Adventurers League is something that does try to standardize some things a little more for the sake of consistency. So, Nathan, I went ahead and pasted a little chart into our chat here. Can you recognize any patterns in any of those numbers that you can see? Okay, um, let's see, cure wounds. So read off a couple just for the pieces. folks at home. Okay, so let me just go through. Spellcasting services. So, Cure Wounds is first level, 10 gold pieces. Identify is 20 gold pieces. Lesser Restoration, 40 gold pieces. Prayer of Healing, second level, 40 gold pieces. Remove Curse, 90 gold pieces. Speak with Dead, 90 gold pieces. Divination, 210 gold pieces. Greater Restoration, 450 gold pieces, and last but not least, raised at 1,250 gold pieces. Now then, with your immense knowledge of D&D 5th edition spells, (laughs) can you recognize a pattern in any of that? Mm, Yes. So, specifically, Cure Wounds and Identify. Let's look at those two, first of all. Right. Uh, They're both level 1 spells. They are both level 1 spells. But they have different prices. 10 gold versus 20 for Identify. Why? So, this is something that no one from Wizard has actually mentioned anything, but there actually is a consistent formula. And this is only something that, like, people like me can really tell. Oh, there is? Oh, of course there is. If there is a consistent math to be found, my brethren will find it. Because we're nerds. 
But anyway, where there is numbers, I shall find. Yeah. If, there is a, if there are logical numbers, yes, we will find them. But anyway, it is the spell level squared times 10 is the base cost. But if a spell has a consumed material component, it doubles the material component cost added on. But also, if it has a non-consumed material component, you add 10% of that item's cost. So that sounds weird. So let me point out three spells to really help make that easier. Cure Wounds, you just cast it, it's 10 gold. Identify, however, actually has a material component. It has a pearl that costs 100 gold needed to cast that spell. So 10% of that 100 would be 10 gold. So first level spell plus 10 gold. So 10 plus 10, 20. So that's why identify as 20 gold. So now let's skip to the last one there, raise dead. Raise dead is a fifth level spell. So five times five, 25 times 10, 250. So 250 is a, the base cost for a fifth level spell. But then it also requires diamond worth 500 gold. So consumed material component worth 500 gold. Double the cost for their inconvenience. 1,000 plus 250, 1250. Piece of cake, right? Oh, shit. It's actually like a proper... It's actually a logical formula. That's kind of... Yeah. And that's actually fairly reasonable, in all honesty. So a lot of dungeon but, but, masters but why, just why, go with why that. don't they have it on the thing? I don't know. If they just put that in a book... It would make DMing a lot easier to figure that out. So it's not a canonical rule as far as I know, because I don't think that Adventurers League counts as canon, like in terms of rules, but maybe it does. Like it's Adventurers League, so it's honestly a little bit on the fuzzy side for me. But it is published in things published by wizards. So honestly, for me personally, I would declare that good enough. However, it isn't perfect. Nathan, do you see any issues with those numbers? Uh, doesn't it account for what, what those things are and what they do and how in demand they would be, so on and so forth? Well, that's true. There's no supply and demand, but that's not where I'm going with it. There's two things that I want so, you to notice about what those. Do you mean? There are no cantrips on there. And then there are also no higher level spells than fifth oh, level. Yeah. So it is incomplete. Because they don't exist. Whoa. I mean, it'd be nice if they at least included <laughs> yeah, cantrips. So back in 3.5, they used to have a rule that like when making things, a cantrip cost half as much as a first level thing, which would make hiring someone to cast a cantrip five gold. Honestly, I still say that's a little bit on the pricey side, but it's still a lot more reasonable than the fucking scrolls are for 30 gold. So I can accept that even if I'm not thrilled by it. But higher level is where, honestly, I feel that things get rather interesting to contemplate because so a ninth level spell just to jump all the way up. So nine times nine, 81 times 10, 810, 810 gold as the base price. For a ninth level spell, that's nothing. Like for for the amount for what you can get for that. Like as an example, true polymorph. We have talked about that spell at length. It's a great fucking spell. So imagine if for eight hundred and ten gold, like let's just say this is a high magic world, and you can find like we're ignoring the details for this. So you hire someone as soon as someone in your party has eight hundred and ten gold. And then, great, you know, true polymorph into a metallic dragon, and I then use the dragon's polymorph after it becomes permanent to just turn back into my normal shape, but I'm now a dragon and have the stats of a dragon. That's some bullshit! Yay! <laughs> and then, once you're a dragon, it'd be a lot easier to suddenly get more gold and do it for the rest of the party. And then you're all dragons. Congratulations, you beat D&D! At level five or whatever the fuck you are at that point. I mean, hell, honestly, that's one of the few times where it may not be unreasonable for a DM to just say, all right, you're dragons now. You're now NPCs and can't gain levels anymore. Like, I'd still have them play as dragons, but 
<sighs> but like 810 I mean, gold as a base dragon cost, campaign let's go <laughs> i mean yeah like i'm not saying it couldn't be fun if you just wanted to go nuts a little bit but at the same time i can understand why they cut off this chart at fifth level so before i try talking about changing the numbers i would just want to get your opinion nathan do you think that it would be reasonable to just not have higher level spells be available just for a simple purchase. Okay, so what I think is that it's heavily dependent on your world, obviously, but um, let's say that they exist and they're fairly common-ish. Like, sure, they're not common as fuck, but there's like five or so people every city or so that would know those kinds of things. I'm sure that they would be in supply at some like fucking expensive shop selling for a lot of money if they were that rare, but they would be sold because whether there's money to be had, people will try and make money. I mean, for scroll, okay, for let me put it this way for scrolls. Why on earth would a 17th or higher level spellcaster spend almost a year to make a scroll of a thing that they can just cast? Fuck, you have a point. Uh -huh. <laughs> they they like, have a lot of free time. They are very like, bored. There's only <laughs> one situation that I would actually consider that reasonable, and it would never get sold. The only situation where that might work in my eyes is Wish. Because Wish, in 5th edition, as we also talked about in the past, does have that limit of potentially losing the ability to cast Wish. But if it's cast from a magic item, and this is absolutely a DM interpretation, by the way, but an argument could be made that casting Wish from an item may not risk the caster's loss of Wish because it is cast from the item and not the person. So in that one situation, if ADM were to interpret that wish worked that way, that would make sense. Because honestly, spending 250,000 gold at that level for a safe wish, I could see as reasonable. But that is the only situation. And there's a lot of ifs in that. But generally speaking, I can understand higher level scrolls just not existing and just higher, higher level services just being hard to get with gold because again i love me some demographics about DD. so thinking about how many casters you have in your world that are able to cast such things is honestly worth thinking about because how many people can cast raise dead at all how many of them would be willing to cast that for coin and how many would be willing to maybe do it like in exchange for a favor so honestly once you get up to, I mean, honestly, anything over third level, I think should be harder to get for coin and would require just like a quest of some kind of like, OK, you need to find someone who is able to cast higher than that. And you might need to do an actual favor from them or another related option that could be quite fun is that, OK, they do this for you, but you owe them. You owe them either gold or a rather significant favor. So what's interesting, though, raised dead is not just a cleric spell. So Whoa. so besides them, if you were able to actually get, I don't know, let's just say a bard. So because a bard is one of the most likely people who would take coin for doing that, I would think. So if you had so if you were able to meet with a bard, that actually creates some interesting story potential to me, because if you were to fuck over a bard who did you that massive a favor, they are a very well positioned individual to make your life much more unpleasant because they have the skills and expertise potentially in the charismatic skills to spread rumors about you and your party that could really really hurt your party so it they don't need to fight you to cause very bad things for you like if it would really just take you know a one single just good deception check with expertise in like the right or wrong town for your party to be in trouble so even if your party is cash poor 
it really would be an interesting potential storyline for you to just create an NPC that is a, you know, more mid-tier spellcaster and just kind of see what happens if they do a favor that the party now owes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Anyway, uh, are you aware of any other methods that might be usable for the sake of hiring spellcaster? Um, I suggest the church, but that's pretty much the same, I guess. Yeah, just finding someone able and willing to cast the spell. In which case, no, I, I have no idea what what else. Oh yeah, yeah, hitting someone and <laughs> getting them to do it. But no, you said no. <sighs> Damn it, Nathan. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that is the most common way is really just to get a spell cast for you. However, there are a couple of other options. Tell me something. Have you ever heard of a spell gem? Is it like a shard? Not exactly. No. (laughs) Okay. No, no. I've never heard of it. Okay. So this is something that is from Out of the Abyss. But it's one of those like no duh kind of things to exist that just is interesting to me. So the issue, of course, is well, actually, I'll wait for the issue before I tell you what it is. So a spell gem is able to store a spell and then unleash it after the fact. But the details of it are a bit annoying. So. Spell gems are of all rarities, from uncommon up to legendary, and it can just hold a single spell just depending on its rarity. So an uncommon, you know, could potentially hold a cantrip or a first level spell if you have the better one, all the way up to a diamond spell gem, which can hold a ninth level spell, but is a legendary magic item. So, yeah. So the downside that would be very, very expensive if it is an item that you could find at all. The upside being, you'd be able to use the goddamn thing more than once like a fucking unlike goddamn scroll. So for the cost of two Shit. scrolls, you can... So yeah, so, for, so again, if you go by the Dungeon Master's Guide rules, a scroll costs half as much as a regular magic item. So if you did just have these exist in your world, Okay, then for the cost of two scrolls, you have an item that you can reuse, which is way more reasonable. But there are issues. So, first things first, to load the gem, the spellcaster has to be attuned to it. So, that would mean that either, you know, someone in the party who is the spellcaster would need to be attuned to the item to be able to load it. Also, there is an issue that unleashing it is kind of strange. So the attuned person has to be the one to load it, but anyone can unleash it. So that part is kind of neat. So you become aware of the spell when you... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like if you do like cast yeah, because, like, Identify... You, you can have, the, like, yeah, uh... have your fighter have a heal spell stored. Okay, like, like, yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking, like, have that moment where it's like, oh shit, the um, spellcaster is like kind of unable to reach the fight or something, and like the the fighter's in a bit of trouble and needs like a spell to shoot at the enemy or something like that, and it's just like he loads it and then throws it at the fighter and then he grabs it from the end and uses a spell or something like that. Could be a really cool moment. Yeah, like there are a lot of cool potential uses with the spell gem. But there are some issues with it. So while holding the gem, you can cast the spell from it as an action if you know the spell or if the spell is on your class's spell list. Fuck. Oh, for fuck's sake. So no, a fighter can't do it that way because fuck everything. Like, like, it seems so 
perfectly designed for that kind of moment since you still need that spell cast yes! to be there. So this is one of those things that's like, honestly, just tweak the goddamn item and just make it actually useful. Just for spell scrolls, spell gems, all of that shit. Get rid of that stupid requirement because it's dumb. Like just that infuriates me that they make this so much more difficult. So just get rid of that. Let it be that, okay, so there is one choice to make, though, on the more homebrew angle, which is what is the trade-off of storing to casting? And there's a couple of ways to do that. Either A, the person has to cast it into the spell normally and it just is saved for later. But then once it's in the gem or scroll, that it requires its usual casting time by whoever's holding it to trigger it. So, okay, so it takes the usual time to use. And like maybe you even have an ability check just to make the potential like risky. Or there's another way that I think, honestly, is more interesting, which is partially how the spell gem is phrased. While holding the gem, you can cast the spell from it as an action. Again, but then the rest of that sentence is if you know the spell. But just get rid of the second half of that sentence. So think about how it changes some strategy. If you have spells that usually have a longer casting time, but can be cast in advance and triggered as an action. That's awesome to me. So that changes the strategy of using a gem or scrolls in your world. Like that is one of those like potentially game changing things if you do it that way. And that is the way that I prefer it personally. And I have it that way for my own world, because there are some spells that are just a longer casting time. So by having it cast in advance, that opens up some rather neat options. So again, Nathan, with your just fantastic knowledge of D&D spells, can you think of any times where or any yes. spells where that might be helpful? Uh, you... <laughs> um, hmm. No, not really. <laughs> All right. How about this? Raise dead. Oop. How interesting would it be if you had a scroll of raise dead that when cast instead of yeah. instead of needing the hour that is normally required for the spell. If it was cast in advance before a dangerous fight the next day and then could be triggered as an action, that would be amazing. The ability so, to cast that. Yeah, what, that what would stop them. you from stockpiling them? Cost. Right. But like yeah. over time. OK, well, let's think about that. OK, I see. Let's say there's a big bad guy who's super rich, likes the color red. OK, mm. he stockpiles. Yes. 10 scrolls of raised dead and has them stashed all over the place. Okay, he dies. Wh who's going to use the scroll? No one. <laughs> because raised dead still requires the corpse in like decent condition also. So right. the other direction, though. Okay. It's kind of useless, isn't it? Well, it's not useless. It's just incredibly situational. So if you were like a skinny right. bad guy and had like minions who you know followed you around like who each had one of these just in case you got assassinated like that'd be kind of interesting to me honestly like and if that is a known thing that they you know have done like they've been assassinated a few times but they get better like that's kind of an interesting thing like maybe you even have a villain who's not particularly powerful but just won't fucking stay dead like, there's ways to really make that actually quite interesting. But the more dangerous side, I think what you're thinking is for player characters. So higher level player characters. Yeah. So, OK, let's say you do have high level player characters who also, let's just say, have 10 scrolls of raised dead. So if they're in a fight where a player character does die, like, let's say they're fighting a dragon and it's not going well. Ancient dragon. OK, even if they were to use two of these scrolls mid-combat, 
that's two people that aren't using their actions to attack, and that just gives the, t- the dragon time to recharge his breath weapon. So it's insurance, sure, against a TPK, if the body isn't destroyed, which it also might be mid-combat at that tier. So it is a massive insurance policy, and it definitely is something, but how different is it really than a party that has you know, a cleric and a bard that can just both cast raise dead normally. The only big difference is the ability to do so in combat, which is really only situationally useful against a potential TPK if you've fucked up the balance somewhere. So I don't really see that as particularly problematic. Like, what is it that you might think of as a downside to that? Yeah, that, that seems pretty solid, all things considered. Yeah, so... Are there potential sources of trouble for this? Sure, but I really don't think that it's that bad. And I think that there are interesting stories that can be told because of this. So now we'll get to the item that pisses me off the most, though. The Ring of Spell Storing. The ring stores spells cast into it, holding them until the attuned wearer uses them. The ring can store up to five levels of spells at a time. So this is the opposite of the gem then, where before you had to be attuned to load it, but anyone could use it. Now anyone can load it, but only the attuned can use it. However, this one is actually more versatile because the gem can store a spell. Also, the gem has a limitation that I hadn't mentioned before, that it can only load one spell a day. This ring, however, does not have those limits. It is five levels of spells, which means you could have a ring of of spell storing with five first level cure wounds or one fifth level cure wounds. And the ring of spell storing does not have the stupid limitations anymore so the ring of spell storing is the version of this item that we want to be available so i just don't understand why wizards have the ring of spell storing in the basic rules of that and then introduce spell scrolls and spell gems that are blatantly inferior also the ring of spell storing is a rare magic item. It does require attunement, but still. As a rare item, that means that it would cost, again, by Dungeon Master rules, 501 to 5,000 gold. That's so cheap! My god! So, okay, so, is, wait, wait, wait. wait you're uh, telling me it's uh, cheap and it's better than all yes! the prior options. Yes! <laughs> Why would anyone not use it? I don't... Like, the only thing is that it requires an attunement slot still. But, again, it is a rare magic item. So, depending on exactly how you work magic in your world, let's just say a mid-price of 2,000 gold, okay? 2,000 gold is something that... like Okay, let's say from the party total side. Like, if you have a 5th level party, there's decent odds that they could afford that relatively easily if they pool a little bit. Honestly, there's a chance, just depending on how you DM your, you know, your gold, it, I mean, you might be able to have everyone get one by that point, just depending on exactly how generous you are with your treasure. So, you can have these so easily, but what's also just a bit strange to me is how criminally underutilized this damn thing is because another reminder okay this thing can hold up to five levels of spells that also means that raised dead would be eligible and okay uh i hadn't talked about how difficult it is to store a spell though and that's because it isn't any creature can cast a spell of first through fifth level into the ring by touching the ring as the spell is cast the spell has no effect other than to be stored in the ring So, anyone can just cast a spell into the ring, does not require attunement, it just can happen. So, let's say you have a fighter and a cleric. Let's go back to that example, because it's classic for a reason. The cleric could cast Raise Dead 
into the ring. It's a fifth level spell. That's great. <sighs> so why is the rest so bad? <laughs> because uh, wizards are very good at their job. Um, and uh, the secret meaning behind it. <sighs> you see, um, it's all a, it's all a p- part of the plan. <laughs> There's also one other problem of the actual use of the ring, unfortunately. Were you able to catch it with what I'd read out? Uh, not really. What, what could you use it for? Outside no, no, of being, no, no, like, no. Like it being really ge- fucking no, no. amazing. No, no, no. You're wrong direction. I mean, just mechanics of spellcasting. Right. So okay. it, oh, mentions, the turn thing? it mentions that any creature casts the spell into the ring by touching the ring as the spell is cast. Uh, the spell doesn't take effect, right. it's just stored in the ring. If it can't hold the spell, the spell yeah. just gets expended, no, I, so it doesn't, there's no risk of blowing up or anything, which is nice. However... No, no, I, I, I see it, because basically, if you cast it into the ring, you can't use it. I, I use mean, a spell again, that wrong. Well, right. whatever. But again, we're talking in advance. The issue, though, while wearing right, this ring, okay. you can cast any spell stored in it, and also a kind of neat thing, it uses... The slot level, spell save DC, attack bonus, and spell cast ability of the original caster, but is otherwise treated as if you cast the spell. So unlike the gem that triggers it as an action, technically, by the way that this is phrased, it takes the full casting time originally, and it takes the full casting time when it is released. So that is a disadvantage. Oh, so that's a... You can't unleash it instantly, which kind of no. sucks if you want to do something crazy in mid-battle. So yeah, right. So this, so by rules as written, at least this one is less useful. If they just added a handful of words, if it was you can cast any spell sword in it as an action, that would be glorious. But it does not have those words. So by rules as written, it requires the usual casting time still. So that kind of sucks. But again. Thinking about something like Raise Dead, if you were, like, let's just say the party has two rings of spell storing, and you just have one that just always is just in your backpack with just a Raise Dead stored in it, and then you just have another one that you could just use more casually. Like, again, especially as you get to higher levels, you can have multiples of these things. And attunement is a limitation, but... What a lot of people forget is that you can, you know, unattune and reattune to items. So if time is not a limiting factor, this thing is even more amazing because you can just have like, let's just say you have a high level party. You have five rings of spell storing. You have two of them with raised dead, two of them just chock full of healing of healing spells that you can just trigger and one with just fun shit just for shits and giggles. And then you could just unattune, reattune just over the course of a day because it takes an hour to attune or unattune to an item. So if time isn't a factor, you could just do that. No, that's cool. So there is one other issue with this ring, though, which is that, again, it is a spell of first through fifth level. So no cantrips for this for some reason that confuses me. And nothing higher than fifth level. But honestly, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, that is honestly a pretty good balance because, okay, great. So, the line of six at no sixth level means you can't just have a disintegrate in there, for example, which slightly disappointing, but kind of cool. But the no cantrips one does make me sad. Like, it'd be one thing to just say, okay, you know, a cantrip just still takes up, you know, one levels worth of slot like if they just had a line like that that would be cool but there's no good way to easily let other people cast cantrips which really is disappointing to me hey remy you know what they say a dungeon master uh can make whatever they want oh i know i have and that is a good (laughs) time to tangent more into the homebrew side of things so with all the options (laughs) of rules as written and ways that it can all be interpreted how would you deal with spellcasting services in its various forms? 
So I would say uh, in Riftwake, the way I would handle um, spell casting services, let's look towards more spell scroll stuff. This won't be present in um, Darst, but if there was a place that gave these sorts of services where like they make an item or something that stores a spell, um, I think the way that it would be priced would be more along the lines of me just making up a number, but <laughs> the way I would price it essentially would be along the lines of um, kind of just being like, okay, um, healing spells are easier to come, uh, are easier to make because uh, blah, blah, you know, that kind of thing where there's like some internal world logic to it. Um, the other thing would be like, obviously you would might be able to commission really big powerful spells but like the cheaper kind of stuff would be freely available to get essentially that's how i would do it where the big spells would take a very long time and be hard to find um like you might have to pay someone a lot of gold to to get them but the easier to come by stuff would just be there you would be able to get them relatively easily um as for like in person like people actually casting the spells, I I would say that they would be more like okay, you can just kind of ask people to do it, like in the streets, obviously. Like, sure, you might have to do a favor or two, but um, the other thing is that there would be people selling their services at like proper like shops and stuff, right? And um, so that would be that. And the way I would price it, pretty much would be like the same idea. I would just bullshit some numbers, but uh, yeah. Remy, you're muted. Whoopsie. So that's how you roll. I disagree, but fine. So before I go off on my typical numbers rant, I am just going to make a quick tangent. Uh, do you remember us talking about the sane magic item prices last week? Yes. Very so, sane. Much magic. Much, much more logic. So yes. they actually do include consumables. And spell scrolls specifically on that. And it's better. Cantrip, 10 gold. Going all the way up to a level 9 one for 10,240. So I would say that would be a little bit cheap for a wish, but just for other 9th level spells, that actually seems like a semi-reasonable number. And uh, actually, just to go 5th level, since we keep talking about Raise Dead so much... Uh, 640 gold base price. So honestly, though, in general, I actually kind of like the Adventures League formula that just square times 10 to just hire someone to just cast the spell for you. So, okay. So first level spell, 10 gold. Cool. That seems relatively reasonable. Because again, if you consider like cure wounds, healing magic, 10 gold, 1,000 US dollars, $1,000 for instant magical healing is actually pretty goddamn reasonable in my eyes. And like, let's say something like Lesser Restoration, you know, the one that I would kill for. Uh, you know, getting rid of my diabetes, second level spell. Diabetes. diabetes. But uh, second level spell, okay. So two squared, four, so 40. 40 gold, $4,000. I would do that in a goddamn instant. And that takes practically no effort on the part of the spellcaster. So 40 gold for them. I am not going to die of diabetes. I would call that a win-win. So honestly, yeah, like for most DMs, just going with that is really a smart way to go about it. But then when you get to spell scrolls, spell scrolls are honestly a lot trickier. So there does not exist at the like any written, like rules as written, that is, good costs for scrolls. So just to throw some options out there that you may or may not decide to make use of. The easiest way, let's just say it costs twice as much as just hiring someone to cast it. And that would also kind of work. Okay, so then that would mean 20 gold for a scroll of cure wounds. That's actually kind of reasonable because at low levels, that's not nothing, but at the same time, okay, like let's say higher up then, if you get to something like Raise Dead, 
you know, 2,500 gold for a scroll of raised dead, which could just get triggered as an action. And again, for all scrolls, get rid of the stupid fucking limitations. Like, I am a big fan of they, it has to be cast in and then triggered as an action. I really like that version. And just anyone could just trigger it once it's cast. Because the item, like in my eyes at least, has the spell in it and just needs to get triggered. So yeah. So then anyone who has a scroll of raised dead can just trigger that raised dead. And then also by having that, you know, higher price a little bit of that 2,500, that's not quite as easy to stockpile. But at the same time, that's the kind of thing that would absolutely be a convenient thing to have in case something bad does happen to your healer in the party. So that trade-off of cost to usefulness kind of works. And then, okay, let's just say going past that. So I, like I mentioned before, higher level spellcasters are rarer. So making that harder to come by makes sense. So up to you as the dungeon master, how much you want to play with that. So let's let's just go straight to ninth level just for math's sake, really. Okay, so by the new formula I just said of just doubling that cost, so that would mean a ninth level spell, instead of being 810, would be double that to 1620. That's still really cheap. So what if you say, okay, higher level spells just are rarer, so they just cost more. So let's just say maybe a ninth level spell then would be instead of times 10, just times 100. Okay, so that would be 8,100 to hire someone or 16,200 to have a scroll. That actually seems like a relatively reasonable number. A little bit higher than the same magic item prices, but a fuck ton better than 250,000. And again, there is no one way that you have to go about this. Because again, okay, I have charts. You all know me by now well enough to know how I roll with that. I have modifiers. What is the like friendliness of the person that you're buying from? Is it just a stranger? Like, are you trying, like, is the only spellcaster available someone who dislikes you or just is a grump in general? Or is it like a friend of yours, but like they're doing you a favor but so you still need to pay them something and get, but get, can get a discount. Like I have numbers for that just for my own use. But I do highly suggest that DMs should just make a basic chart though. Just make some variation of the Adventurers League formula with some idea of are higher level spellcasters at all hireable? Are they only available for favors or? do you want to make a formula for their use or for their services? In summary, there are going to be times where your party may not have a spell that could make their lives significantly easier. So having some idea of how you want spellcasting services to work in your world is absolutely worth the time and effort to potentially introduce a new flexibility of spells available in your world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.